Hello, hello, hello. It's our anniversary. Can you believe it's been an entire year since I started this? I can't. Uh, it's crazy. I guess it has felt like five years, but also at the same time, it's felt like five minutes. So very weird. This is not a normal process episode because I'm the one being interviewed. Yeah, I just, I'm grateful for this because I think it gives all of you a sense of what goes into making this, this podcast and why it's so important to me. So here we go. Let's get into it. We have a very special episode coming up for you right now. My best friend Sophia is here with me. I've known her since fourth grade and um, she, so we met in fourth grade and we were always like the last ones to leave the classroom. So we just had to become friends, obviously. And also she was just really cool. And basically she had this like brilliant plan to interview me for the one year anniversary of the process. So turn in the tables. I am now gonna be the one being interviewed. So here we go. Yay, hello process listeners. Thank you everyone for having me here. I'm so excited. Yeah, we just thought this would be a fun idea because this podcast has been around for a whole year. We can celebrate by learning more about our wonderful host. You know, I'm a big fan of this show. I listen to it. I listen all the time. Aww. Regular listener. So it's like a fan <laughs> interviewing the host of this podcast, which is very it. exciting. So I have some questions for you. Now the tables have been turned and now you have to answer all the questions. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, get ready. Okay, <laughs> so my first question for you is who are you and how did you get here? Who am I? Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Just started with an easy question. Okay. Well, um <laughs> Well, I feel like that's always the question that you ask your I know. What am well, I doing? Okay. People also show you like you're like, wait, this is an intense question to start out. <laughs> oh my god. Now I have to really rethink how I structure these. No, this okay, okay. Start. This is great. This is great. Okay, who am I? <laughs> I am a very emotional, sensitive person who likes to create stuff. I really value my family, and that comes through a lot in the stuff I create. And I really value my friendships, which also comes through a lot in just how I build my life. How did I come mm -hmm. to be here? Like, how did you come to where you are now in your life? Like, you're in your 20s. What, how do you spend your time, and why do you spend your time that way? Okay, so it seems like it's been a very winding road, but really it's kind of been like pretty simple from the start. I've always wanted to teach and I've always wanted to play music and I've always wanted to write. Like these are things that I've just always wanted to do since I was like five or six years old, since I kind of started thinking about what I wanted to do. And so even though I've taken, my life has taken like lots of twists and turns since then, it's all kind of been focused on I'm going to teach, I'm going to create art, and I'm going to foster my relationships with people. So I guess like a big part of how I got here is my mom really encouraged me from a young age to take piano lessons. And she came in when I was six years old to find me kind of like sounding out Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And she immediately asked if I wanted lessons. 
And then since then, she just came to every single lesson. Like she was sitting in the studio with me while I was having the lesson. So she's just like always been super supportive. So that's been a huge help and support and like reason I'm still doing this. Did your um, mom play piano too? Yes, my mom played piano. She still plays piano. And she sings in a choir. She's mm -hmm. always sung in choirs. She's always done musical theater. Mm -hmm. I think she, I can't remember if she was pregnant with me or pregnant with my sister and she was in Godspell, like a community theater. I'm mm -hmm. gonna have to ask her about that. She's always done musical theater, so she's always like been on stage and I've seen her on stage. So I would always go to her like concerts as a kid with my dad and my sister. So yeah, my mom is definitely a musician for sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, Another kind of large guiding force in my life that has helped me get to where I am today has been my grandma. So okay. my grandma is a writer. Um, she's always been a writer. She only had like a regular job once in her life for like 10 years, like just a very mm -hmm. small amount of time where mm -hmm. she had a quote unquote regular job and the rest of the time she was writing or she was traveling with her theater company. And she and I exchange like drafts, like I'll send her a draft song before I send it to anyone else and she'll Aww, give me feedback. So yeah, it's really cool. And, and also just like as a kid, I just have such fond memories of just feeling like so safe and so alive sitting at her kitchen table in the house that my dad built for her, just like drawing mm. and painting. And she would take out clay because she had went through a phase where she did like a bunch of like ceramic stuff. So mm -hmm. she would give me clay to work with. Oh, and I wrote my first song with her Aww. too. So we were walking in Hubbard Park, which those of you who live in Vermont will know Hubbard Park in Montpelier. We were walking on the path that goes up to the tower and I just was, I don't remember. I think I was like singing, kind of like humming this song. I was probably seven or something. And she was like, that sounds pretty cool. Let's write it down. And so she grabs, she takes out her little notebook and her, her blue pen that she uses. She only uses this like one type of blue pen. That's and I awesome. wrote it down and she helped me write the verses. And yeah, so that's a really cool memory. That's a super cool memory. Okay, I'm done talking about that now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, how do you fit like everything into this one? I know. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a hard question. You always, you, I guess now oh without thinking about it, you start all your podcasts. I know. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm missing so much, you know? Well, you can't really capture an entire life in, like, a minute summary. Yeah. Also, as I was preparing for this, I realized it's yeah. hard to make it not feel like a job interview. Like, I yeah. had questions that I wanted to ask, but I was like, that's, like, a job interview question. So no, it's hard. Yeah, the questioning yeah. part is really hard, too. Yeah. Okay, so the next question I had for you is, why did you decide to start making this podcast? And also, what's your vision for this podcast? Ooh, both very good questions. Okay, so the reason I started making this podcast is because I really thrive listening to podcasts. Like, I love listening to podcasts. I've been listening to On Being for years by Krista Tippett. And I've been listening to We Can Do Hard Things for for as long as it's been going on by Glennon cool. Doyle, Abby Wambach, and Amanda Doyle. 
Like, I just, I really like listening to other people talk about stuff that you wouldn't normally hear them talk about. Like, you're just making yeah. small talk with someone. You're not going to hear about their mental health or, like, their process for living a balanced life. Like, you're not going to hear about all the kind of, like, under-the-surface stuff. And I really love listening to people talk about it. It just, like, feeds something in me. And so yeah. I started making this podcast because On Being isn't going at the same rate as it used to be. So there was like this gap. I was like, I need more of these conversations in my life. And so I just, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to make that. I'm going to make what I want to hear, basically. So what do those podcasts really like? What's the focus of those podcasts? Like what's On Being about? The meaning of life. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the meaning, like why do we do what we do? She interviews a lot more scientists and okay. spiritual leaders than I do, but I'm not excluding those people. I just haven't mm -hmm. like delved into that as much. Mm -hmm. But I would say her focus is like the intricacies of what being a human means. Cool. And that's, that's cool. what I'm getting at as well. I'm just yeah. coming at it from a slightly different lens of like, let's talk to creatives and learn about that from them. That's awesome. So the vision for the podcast... For myself, like just mm -hmm. zooming in on myself, for myself, I would love to have it pay my bills. Mm -hmm. That would be great. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. And I could do that if I get enough listeners and enough people excited about it and then I can get advertising on it and eventually, you know, not have to pay for it out of my own pocket, but pay for mm -hmm. it with the money I make from it. Yeah. That's one of my That'd goals be... for myself. That's really cool. And then in general for the world or for the life of this podcast, I really want it to be like a strong, well-respected platform for artists to either become more known or just expand their reach. Like I really want it mm -hmm. to be there for artists as like a helpful tool for them to reach more people basically mm -hmm. and get more money. <laughs> I want them, I want the artists to get more money because they were on my podcast. Awesome. Yeah. When you look back on this year, do you feel like it's kind of going in the direction you want it to go in? Or do you think you want to kind of like make a change? I think it's slowly building in the direction I want it to be building in. I think it's gaining some traction and it's going at its own pace, you know? Mm -hmm. I do only release an episode once a month, but mm -hmm. eventually I would love to do more. I keep saying that I'm like really gearing up towards that. Like I, yeah. I almost have reached the point where I kind of have carved out enough time in my month to be able to put two episodes out. That's because that's the limiting factor. It's just my own time, you know? That would be super cool. Right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Two episodes a month so cool or even just like one episode and then like a mini episode that might be where i yeah. start yeah yeah you could have mini episodes could have a little mini episode or like little like tips like a mm -hmm. little five minute tips and tricks from i don't really know i'm mm -hmm. i'm figuring it out one idea i have is like having like a mini episode every month about someone's practice routine mm, cool so what is your daily routine like do you work on this podcast every day or like what take me through a typical sienna day Okay, Sienna day. Okay. A Sienna weekday. Tell me, take me through mm. typical Sienna Tuesday. Okay, great. Tuesday. So, actually, Tuesday is a good one because I do all of my different jobs on Tuesday usually. Okay, awesome. So, I wake up. I haven't been waking up with an alarm recently, but I would like That's to start good. again. I know. That's luxurious. It's nice. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> very luxurious. I know. I know. Well, that's the nice part about not having like a, like a quote unquote <laughs> 
regular nine to five job. Yeah. That's already a great start to your day. Your Tuesday's already starting out great. <laughs> so, but generally that means I wake up at like eight ish, eight thirty ish. Then I go downstairs, me or Chris. So Chris is my part. He's my fiance now. Woo. I asked him to marry me and he said yes, which is very exciting. That is so exciting. Okay, so he or I will go downstairs and we'll feed the cats their dry food. So we have two cats. We love them very much. And then we will make coffee. So I'm now a coffee drinker every morning. It's wow. really, I know. I drink, it's, I, Chris, Chris really influenced me on that one. It was just like, tastes so good and I just had to have some, so. That's a great start to your day. We make the coffee. And then while the coffee's doing its thing, percolating, I'll kind of like tidy some things like I'll be like oh this book I left this on the table yesterday I'm gonna put it on the bookshelf or if I'm tired I will not tidy and I'll just sit on the couch and like either just sit there and stare into space or I will sit there and write something in my journal like that's like a general morning routine awesome I've been writing my intention every day in my journal it's been very cool like very interesting so I'll write like intention. Uh, what are some examples of my intentions? Who? Oh, notice the good things is one thing. Or like be kind to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, notice what my body's needing. Like things like mm-hmm. that. Just like really simple things that I can do during the day. Then the coffee's done. Then we go over, we grab our cup of coffee. We put milk in it. And then I go upstairs. This is like on a Tuesday, okay? I go upstairs. Because okay. some days I don't do this. Like Sundays usually I don't work out. But I go upstairs, I roll out my yoga mat, I put my computer on a chair, and I'll turn on either Move With Nicole or Yoga With Adrian. Those are my two things that I turn on. And I will do like a, anywhere from five minutes to like 30 minutes. Sweet. Then I will take a shower. This is so, okay, we gotta skip, we gotta keep going. Okay, (laughs) honestly, my morning is like the biggest part of my day because like without these things, my day is so much worse. It's crazy. Your routine gets thrown off. Yeah, and I just, like, I'm just, like, sad and tired and Mm -hmm. just, like, annoyed. Like, these Mm -hmm. things really help me feel grounded and excited about the day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me shower. Get dressed. I I don't like getting dressed. I think clothes are really annoying. I wish I could just wear a onesie all the time. That would be great. I can't, Mm -hmm. though. So usually I get dressed. Sometimes I just will keep my onesie on, though. Okay. (laughs) Which people listening probably know because they're following me on social media. Okay, then we get to the work part of the day. <laughs> so now, by now it's like 10.30 or 11. Okay. <laughs> it's 10.30 or 11, and then I either sit down at the piano to do some practicing, which is like 20 to 30 minutes of practice, or I will do some other like creative work. And this is actually pretty new. Like just in the past okay. two weeks, I've been like, I really need to do my creative work in the morning because otherwise I'm going to be way too tired for it after Mm -hmm. I finish all my other stuff. So that's what I've recently discovered just in the past two weeks and it's been working really well. I've like written songs in this period of time, this past couple weeks, I've done some writing. I'll do like stuff that's not quite creative, but it's like facilitating my creative work getting out there. So for example, like getting my release happening for my music, sending it to Spotify and making sure my artist name is okay. And like sending out an email to my MailChimp subscribers, telling them about my shows, like things like that, that are Mm -hmm. related to my creative work, but maybe aren't creative are still counting in that category. Cool. Then, so now it's like 1230, then I eat lunch. Now it's like afternoon. So 
Now I start doing marketing work. So this is what I do to make money right now, partly. Okay. I have two money-making activities. One is writing for other people's social media and emails. So it's like a marketing job. Mm-hmm. I basically like am their ghostwriter. Like I'll write blog posts for them and then they put it up on their website. Like they're the author, like stuff like that. Or I'll write like Instagram posts for them and then they'll post them. Mm-hmm. So I do that job and I usually do that for like, depending on the day, four to six hours a day. Then I teach. So because it's a Tuesday, I have students. So I have students Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching them mostly piano, but some songwriting lessons, some voice lessons, depending on the student, some production stuff. Like I'm teaching some of them how to like record their own music. And so on Tuesdays, I usually have like three to four students. And then by that time, I'm like totally fucking exhausted and I make dinner and I just like flop down on the couch <laughs> for the rest of the night. When do your last lesson end? Um, like 6.30 is the latest possible lesson. Yeah, it's not that bad. You work pretty late though. I mean, that's like later. I work a little bit later than the normal person. Yeah, but that's why you have to do all these things in the morning. Like, I feel like for a lot of people, the time after work is when we can like relax, but then we get out of work at like four or five. As right, to exactly. So. Yeah, like I can't really like hang out with people. I mean, I can, I have hung out with friends like after I finished teaching, but it's just like- mm-hmm. It's, I'm so tired by then. Yeah, and you still have to eat dinner. I still have to eat dinner, then... yeah. Okay, so another thing I've realized in the past, like, month or so is that I really need to go on a walk every day, okay? Mm, and, like, be outside. Yes, just be outside. Because, I like, I don't have to leave my house. Mm-hmm. The only time I have to leave my house is when I, like, go grocery shopping, literally. Or, like, go pick up something for my keyboard. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to go out. So I'm, I've been incorporating the daily walk... And that, again, could be literally just me walking out my door and, like, going for, like, a two-minute walk and then coming back. Like, I'm, I'm trying to not put pressure on myself to, like, do a long thing, but gotta get out there. That's awesome. Okay, that's everything. Those sound like great Tuesdays. So, in this Tuesday, uh-huh. you mentioned, like, practicing. Like, what's your practice routine like? Are you focusing on, like, classical music? Do you still take piano lessons? Or is that just, is the practice totally self-directed? So I have three different instruments that I try to practice. I don't usually get to practice every one of them every day. I almost always practice piano. That's kind of the given. And then I will throw some voice practice in and I'll throw some bass practice in. Those are my three instruments that I'm practicing. For piano, I always do a scale or an arpeggio warm-up. So I'll start really slow. The main thing about practicing for me is like making sure I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. So I'm just really slow, like playing the scale or arpeggio, making sure my shoulders are relaxed, making sure my feet are flat on the floor. Like basically like a mindfulness exercise is kind mm-hmm. of how I think about it. I'm almost like meditating when I first start. Just like, how does my back feel? How do my legs feel? How does my wrist feel? I often do like neck circles when I'm starting out just to like make sure there's no tightness or tension there. And then after that, I'll do like a faster thing. Maybe I'll turn on my metronome and do like a specific tempo of a scale. And then after that, it's kind of a free for all. Like I will focus on certain things for maybe like a couple months. So for example, like the past two months I've been working on modes a lot playing a mode over like a left-hand bass line or something or like improvising in a mode. It's taken me a really long time to understand like what the point of modes is and all that stuff. So that's just an example. 
And then oftentimes I'm practicing what I'm going to be teaching my students. So that's a huge kind of like focus. Oh. Cause like sometimes I'm teaching them songs that I don't really know very well, you mm. know, like it's a pop song and I don't really know how to play it. Or like recently I've been actually like arranging songs for them. So like they'll want to play a pop song and there's no good arrangements that are at their level. So I'll just sit there during my practice time and like arrange it for them and maybe take like a video and then later I'll go back and I'll put it into the sheet music program and print it out for them. So that's a big part of it too. And then another big part of it is like, it's very kind of, I have to like prioritize things. Like these are all things that are like floating around in my brain that I'm just kind of picking from when mm. I sit down at the piano. Another thing that's floating around in my brain is like a show that's coming up. So maybe I'll practice like a cover for the show. Usually I'll practice the covers a lot more than my original music. Although I think I want to practice my original music more. I think that would be a good, good idea. Um, Why do you practice the covers more? For some reason, my brain just like doesn't retain like lyrics or melody. Like I'm just not, I'm not the type of musician who's just like, oh yeah, I know that song and I can just start playing it. Like that's not me. I'm much more like going by the feeling and like I don't remember forms. Memorizing other people's songs is really hard for me. So that's why I practice them more. For bass, I'm like a beginner. So literally what I've been doing for bass is I've just been going up the fretboard and naming each note. So E, F, F sharp, G. Are you like teaching yourself bass or have you taken any lessons? So I took lessons two years ago for a few months, got kind of like a good bass, haha, a bass like <laughs> technique going. She taught me the minor pentatonic scale and the major pentatonic scale and then how to play like a major and minor scale. So okay. I've basically just been practicing that this whole time. <laughs> just I've just been practicing that. And actually for our anniversary, because Chris and I just celebrated our five-year anniversary, he got me bass lessons. So I'm going to start again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm going to start again, which I'm excited about. With piano, I haven't taken a piano lesson in a while, but I have been really wanting to take another piano lesson because I think, yeah, just learn from someone new, I feel like is really mm -hmm. inspiring. And for voice... I took voice lessons when I went to the U of R. They actually paid for me to take voice lessons at the Eastman Community Music School in Rochester, which was really, really cool. And I had an amazing voice teacher. She was great. And she allowed me to record my voice lessons with her, like on my phone. And so sometimes I'll just go back and I'll just like do a voice lesson with her again. Just the same one from the recording on my phone. It's awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like if anyone's taking lessons out there or teaching lessons, like letting your students record the lessons is really cool. The other thing I want to say is that I'm always feeling bad about not practicing enough. It's almost a constant just like little poke that's mm -hmm. just been there with me since I started taking piano lessons when I was like six. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of gotten worse as I've gotten older because my perfectionism has gotten worse and all that stuff. And the other thing I want to say is that I don't practice every single day. Like I want to practice every single day, but sometimes I'll go like two weeks without practicing. And I want to say that because I want people to know that I'm not this like superhuman robot who like when I'm feeling super depressed and like anxious, I'm just going to sit down at the piano anyway. Like I don't usually force myself to do that. I know some people do, but I mm -hmm. don't. So I think that's important to say. But I almost always, like, after a couple weeks, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to start again. 
I'm just going to force myself to sit down. Even if it feels like the worst possible thing to possibly do to sit down at the piano, it always feels better once I start playing. It's just like mm-hmm. sitting down that's really hard. So kind of switching gears more and focusing on your podcast. Something you always say is that you, you say this podcast is about creatives and the process that creatives use to live their life. And my question for you is, how do you define a creative? Ooh, I think anyone who's willing to be weird in a way that other people aren't expecting. So like, even if you're just like walking down the street and you just sort of like making a joke to your friend and you're kind of like doing a little like weird walk, that's really Mm -hmm. creative to me. Or Mm -hmm. like you're sitting at a dinner table and you're like talking to other people and you're like kind of improving like weird comedy mm-hmm. jokes or something like that's creative i just think anyone who's willing to kind of like step outside the expected box of what you're supposed to act like in society is creative awesome i feel like a lot of times you interview people who are like putting out creative things but like couldn't everyone be a creative yes like, couldn't you interview like a barista and then yes that's a creative like it doesn't have to be someone who's like who's like this is what I'm doing for my career I'm like creating something specifically because even if you're unemployed you're still doing creative things you know like yeah no matter what your career is it's about like more than just your career I completely agree with that I want to just interview like everyone like I'm yeah. just like seriously like I'll meet people on the street and I'll talk to them for like five minutes and I'll be like hey can you be on my podcast <laughs> So yeah, I completely think that everyone is doing creative things all the time. Like, for example, when I'm like arranging my plants on my windowsill, like Mm -hmm. that's a creative thing. Or like being a mom or I'm not a mom yet, but being a cat mom. Yeah, that's a really creative thing. And so yeah, I, I think you're onto something. And if I could just live 10 lives and <laughs> interview all the people that would that well would that's why you gotta do two podcasts a month the, there's an endless supply of creatives to be interviewed i know oh my gosh i would love to interview baristas or like anyone yeah 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 how do you decide who you will have on your podcast like how are you like hmm this person would be a good podcast guest what are the qualities you look for oh man that's a really good question i've never thought about that specifically so for now because i'm only doing one a month Mm -hmm. I need to feel like a spark of interest for myself, like in my own body. Yeah, that's the first thing. That's the first thing. If I don't feel that. You don't want to like invest your time and energy if you're not interested in it. Right. And if I don't feel that, I'm like, okay, like I actually do still really respect this person and they're doing really cool stuff. So like maybe at some other time I'll feel that interest. But for now, I'm not feeling that. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, I kind of have a sense from some people that they're expressing some part of themselves in their art, and that's what I'm interested in hearing about. So I'll, I'll gravitate towards those people. Yeah. And then the other thing is, this is kind of like a much longer like thought process, but have you seen Half the Picture by any chance? No, I haven't. You should definitely watch it. It's really interesting. It's a documentary about female film directors. And just, like, how it's worked for them to get the jobs in the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And someone in that film, I don't remember who it was. Maybe someone can let us know if they're listening. Someone in the thing says that she was on the board for a film festival and she was deciding between two movies. Okay. Okay. Female director, male director. Those were the two. The female director's movie was much less produced 
the lighting wasn't as good, the script wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. The male director's movie had kind of more polish to it. He had put more money into it. Okay. What she stated in this movie is that she chose the female-directed movie because the female hadn't gotten as many opportunities or money. So she Mm. hadn't gotten as many opportunities to hone her craft. She had been chosen less. And she hadn't had as much funding to hone Mm. the craft because females get less funding. So she said, I was in this position of power to choose between these two people. I chose the female, even though someone looking at the two movies without knowing anything about the people might have chosen the male because it was more produced. Okay. Because she knew the societal underpinnings of what went into making the female's movie less produced. Is this making any sense? Yeah, it is. Okay. So that's what I do with this podcast is what I'm trying to say. Okay. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the quality of anybody's work. But what I do Mm -hmm. is I look at all the people out in front of me that I could interview and I pretty much say these people are people with a lot of privilege in our society and they've gotten a lot of press and they're doing really cool stuff, but I need to leave room for all of these other people who have far less privilege in our society. This includes like females, people of color, trans people, non-binary people. So I basically have to ignore over half of all the people, all the artists Mm -hmm. and the creatives. So once you have your podcast guests picked out, what do you do to prepare for the interview? Once you've like asked them to be on your podcast and they've said yes, like how do you prepare for an interview typically? Ooh, I love these questions. You came up with such good questions. <laughs> Thanks. I want to focus on like how you make the podcast. To, I'm trying to peel back the curtain. Yes. Okay. Peel, peeling back the curtain. Okay. So basically I'll just like absorb their art for a while. Okay. I will definitely follow them on social media. I usually am already following them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll just kind of like absorb that, whatever they're putting out there. I'll listen to their music. If they're a musician, I will listen to every single other interview that they've ever done. (laughs) Cause I want to make sure I'm not just like repeating the same Mm. old questions that have already been asked. I will read articles about them and kind of write notes. So I usually have like a Google doc for each person (laughs) and I'll just like pull quotes from different articles or different interviews that are maybe on YouTube or podcast or whatever. And I'll put them into this doc and then I'll write like a list of kind of themes that I'm seeing in their work and in their life. So for example, like when I interviewed Rivka Simha, she didn't have very many interviews out there. Like she hadn't, she hadn't been featured in a lot of like articles and stuff. So I had to Mm -hmm. kind of go from her actual artwork and theater productions that I'd seen her in. Mm -hmm. And I basically wrote a list of themes that I saw like life and death cycles, myths versus reality, light and dark. Motherhood. These are like very ambiguous, but like philosophical themes. Mm -hmm. So I would write this list of themes and then I basically have stock questions that I'm interested in, just like myself Mm -hmm. that I want to ask people. And I'll just add to it like questions that are specific to the person. So I'll have my list of stock questions that I'm interested in. And then I'll add very specific questions. Like when you said this, what did you mean? Like, using a quote that's something that i've discovered really recently is like using quotes is really fun because it gets people thinking a lot about like their own processes and thoughts and yeah so once i have the google doc the last preparation that i do is like my grounding preparation work which is just like in the morning making sure i work out and keep breathing and make myself tea 
I try to only do the interview. That's the only thing I do that whole day. Okay. Because it takes so much out of me. I sit there for like an hour and a half and afterwards I'm just like, I am like so wiped because I've spent so much emotional energy on this interview. And if I do anything beforehand, I'll be like tired and then I want to bring my full self to the interview. So I just Mm -hmm. basically don't do anything the whole day. I schedule my interviews on Friday usually because that's a good day to not do anything else. That's that's awesome. Then I have the weekend to just... Decompress. Yeah. And I guess the only other like preparation thing I do is just the technology thing. Mm-hmm. Making sure that the interface is good. And Chris has been a huge help with that. He's taught me so much about audio engineering. And he actually engineers almost every session, which is amazing. That's awesome. So he really helps me like set up the whole space and he's made these amazing acoustic panels. So we put the panels in specific spots in the room in our home studio. And so the physical setup is important as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have an episode that you feel like really stands out to you as one of your favorite episodes or like an episode that you, maybe not your favorite, but one that you really remember and were impacted by? Yes. As soon as you started asking the question, just Yenospina, Yenospina, Yenospina was going through my head. That interview was like life changing. <laughs> like actually, what was, like all of them what are. What stood but... out about that interview? So the first thing that stood out was actually before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she wouldn't mind me sharing this. This is not like a personal detail. So mm-hmm. it was actually more personal for me than for her. So I okay. walked in to her kitchen And I am like a very anxious person. So I get really hyper when I'm anxious. It's not even anxious. It's just like excitement. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just really excited to do something. So I'm very elevated. And so I walk in and I'm like really hyper because I'm so excited to interview her. Like I love her art so much. I've been following her for so long. I'm like, so I told her, I said, I'm kind of really nervous right now. And I'm fangirling a little bit. And she's like, really? (laughs) And then she said, do you want some tea? And just that like simple act was just so beautiful and like made me feel so safe and just made me remember that like we were just both humans and we were Mm -hmm. just going to have a conversation. Like it wasn't anything more than that. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing, just like that energy that she was giving was really, really special. And then in the interview, she just opened up so much about like familial trauma and intergenerational trauma and trauma is like a big thing that I've been working through. So it was just like very personal to me. And I felt like she was really courageous about talking about it. Like she was just so open and I really admired that. It was really valuable for me to hear that she was supporting herself with her art. That was like Mm. really valuable Mm -hmm. and also just like badass. Like it was like Mm -hmm. hopeful to me. I was like, okay, like people can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm not doing it right now. And like, I don't want to be doing it right now, but people can, and they are doing it. And that's awesome. So that's awesome. That really stood out for me with the Yeno Spina interview. Yeah. It'll also just always have a special place in my heart because it was like my third interview. Like I was still really bad at interviewing people and just like, <laughs> I was just like, I had my little like janky setup with like a clip on mic that didn't actually like we couldn't actually clip it on because the recording was like clipping basically mm. because when we whenever we laughed it would be way too loud so we had to like put the clip on mic on the bed like in between us and then we sat it was just like a hilarious janky setup and it'll just always have a special place because it was kind of like one of my first interviews that's awesome yeah <laughs> so flipping that who yes. would be your dream podcast guest if you could interview anybody 
Oh my god, oh my god, that's such a good question! This is your chance to shout them out. Is this only a single person? No, I mean, you could have multiple people, but maybe they'll hear it and then want to come okay. to the podcast. This is such a hard question. Like, okay. First dream person, Yarsa Deli Ward. She's an incredible poet, amazing writer, and when I read her book, The How, notes on the great work of meeting yourself, it was just like, like, it was all the things I was already thinking, but she just put it into words perfectly, and I just would love to, to speak with her. Second person, Brene Brown. She would be so amazing to talk to. I would love to have her on the podcast. Third person, Tarana Burke. She is like such a huge hero of mine and her work with education about sexual violence is like incredible. And I would love to talk to her, her about her work. That's awesome. So taking a step back from the podcast, I just have like yes. two more questions for you. Okay, okay. What sort of creative projects are you working on now? Obviously of this podcast. Yes. Other, what other things are you doing? Cause I know you're doing a lot. Yes. Sometimes I think I'm doing too much, but I think it's okay. I have a new song coming out that's called Human. I wrote it like a few years ago and the recording process kind of took like a full year cause I had to do all the vocal harmonies and all that stuff. And then the mixing and the mastering took a few months. And so now it's ready finally and I'm gonna release it. This is a really big moment because I've struggled with this decision about like what to call myself. Like, do I call myself by a stage name? I've texted you about this multiple times. Yes. <laughs> you have helped me with this decision. Do I call myself like a different last name? Do I just like call myself a band name? What do I, what the fuck do I do? Am I just Sienna Fatolo? And I have come to a decision. I am going to be Sienna Fatolo. Just oh, myself. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Very shocking news. That sounds awesome. I mean, yeah. you could always change your name also. Like I've, I could, a lot yeah. Of, like John Mellencamp, he became John Cougar, and then he became John Cougar Mellencamp. You're right. And like Prince changed his name or got rid Prince, of his name. Yeah. Right? Like Yeah, I can't remember what, yes. He yes. became like the artist formerly known as Prince. Oh like, my God, you're right. Oh, yeah. what a weird dude. I love, I love that. <laughs> like, yeah. like people just change their names, so. It's so true. I was trying to cater towards the general public in terms of like, oh, it's hard to spell and like, it's hard to look up. But now I'm just like, you know what? It's my fucking name and we're going with it. <laughs> I don't I, care if it's hard to spell. <laughs> I, I was secretly rooting for that, but I didn't want to influence you. But I, I also feel that because I also have a really long last name and I'm a teacher. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times people are like, oh, Miss Scobatoni is too hard to say. And I'm like, my three-year-old and four-year-old students can handle it. Like, yeah. I think, and yeah. if they can't handle it, it's okay. But I think just because you have a long last name, like that's still your identity. You shouldn't have to like change it just to make other people more comfortable. Yes, exactly. So, I'm a big fan of that. But also cool. I was going to support you, whatever. Maybe oh. <laughs> Thanks, but I was secretly rooting for that. <laughs> I could kind of tell because when I sent you my other ideas, you were like, it's kind of cool, but I guess I could get used to it. <laughs> but I really appreciate that you like answered my text about it. Yeah. That I was mean, super helpful. Yeah. I mean, also like anything is going to feel weird at first. So yeah. True. If you ever feel passionately, but you should change it because you want to change it. Not because you feel like other people would want that. Exactly. And what I realized was like, this is going to be my name for everything. Like when I put out a book, like whenever that mm -hmm. will be, that's going to be what's on the book. And like, mm -hmm. it's what's on the podcast and it's what's on my music. Like there's no reason for my music name to be different from my mm -hmm. other names. It's just yeah. weird. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. The past couple years, I've only been putting out music under just Sienna, like Sienna. 
So this is like a big change. I'm really excited about it. And I'm probably going to like release all the songs that aren't on Sienna Ficciolo, but are on Sienna. I'm probably eventually going to put them onto Sienna Ficciolo. Mm. So it's all just in one spot. It's going to be That's easy awesome. to find. It's going to be great. Sienna, so many yes. artists change their names. Actually, <laughs> Now I'm thinking of all these examples of people. Wait, who else are you thinking like of? Like the Dixie Chicks are now just the Chicks. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, because Dixie is considered, like, offensive. Oh, my God. And, like, Lady Antebellum, they changed their name <gasps> to Lady A. Like, oh, my gosh, you're these, right. So many, it's, if you ever decide, I mean, you're kind of doing that, I guess. You're reinventing yeah. yourself as, not really as myself. Yourself, changing your name. But yeah. lots mm. of people change their names. Okay, this is really helpful, honestly. So. Yeah. Maybe it's not as much pressure as you think because you could always change your mind later. I can always change my mind later. Yeah. And I also started looking up like all the singer songwriters I really look up to. Mm -hmm. And like most of them didn't change their name. Um, Okay. So anyway, back to projects. So we got the new song. I have another song in the works that I'm really excited to record. It's called Meet Me. It's based on a Rumi poem. Um, And it's like a very floaty, intimate song that I really like. So that's going to be recorded soon. And then I'm really excited about Chris and I have been working on some instrumental music with oh. piano and drums. So that's going to be a thing. We're going to record that. This is all music stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I also really want to start writing something that's published. I don't have like a very clear vision of it yet. I really would love to write a book. I want to write something about like my experience healing from PTSD, I think that would be Mm -hmm. really helpful because it would have been helpful for me to have something to read when I was going through it. Like Mm -hmm. when I was like in the throes of it, it would have been really helpful. There are a couple, but they're not what I needed. I want to write the thing that I needed, (laughs) if Mm -hmm. that makes sense, because just in case someone else needs it. And also I think it'd be helpful for me to like process it. Yeah. And I have like, you know, journals and journals and journals, like probably like 10 journals at this point, like filled with stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's not like I'll be starting from scratch and just like going from my memory. Like I have like firsthand accounts of what was going on. So that's an idea because I have so many other things that I'm focusing on and I'm really working on getting this podcast off the ground. I think that's a more long-term thing, but it's like always in my head. Like I'm just kind of like, it's like there with Mm -hmm. me all the time. Yeah. And then this to me feels like very personal creative project, but it's kind of like not a conventional creative project. I'm working on getting one of my students ready for her Berkeley audition. Aww. <laughs> it's like Berkeley School mm-hmm. of Music, and um, that's a huge project <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Just making sure I'm like guiding her in the right direction and like giving her encouragement, but also being like firm with her and like just making sure I'm checking all the boxes and like keeping mm-hmm. her on track to audition. So that's a big project. The other project I'm working on is actually with my grandma. I'm remaking one of her books. Oh. So, yeah. I, I don't think I've even told you this yet because it's really back burner because, like, she knows I'm really busy. And so I basically do it, like, on a Sunday when I when I don't have things to do. And so basically, like, she wrote this book called Dog Pure Awareness. And it's about, like, the psychology of dogs and our relationship with our dogs and our relationship with animals in general. And it's, like, very dense and filled with a lot of psychological theories and stuff like that. And I'm going to make it into a more accessible version with, like, big photos that she's taken and then, like, excerpts from the original book. So it's going to be more of, like, a a book that you can kind of dip your toes into and dip out. Mm. That's also happening. Cool. Okay, last question for you. 
Are there in any big takeaways that you have learned from your podcast guests from doing this podcast for a year? Are there any like themes that you have seen in a lot of people's interviews or maybe there is no theme and that's like impactful too? Like, is there anything that you like can really take away from your first year? <sighs> okay, I think a big takeaway, there's so many, it's like, you know what I mean? Like there's so mm -hmm. many like, like after every conversation, I take at least four things into my body and I'm like, okay, like I am going to try this out or I'm going to see how this fits into my life or like there's a, you know, every conversation, there's amazing takeaways. But I would say one of the big takeaways that I've absorbed from my conversations this year is don't put as much pressure on yourself to make really good stuff. Okay. Just make bad stuff or like okay stuff. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you'll probably make a good thing. Like, yeah, that's it'll great, just happen. That's a great takeaway. So that's like a, probably the biggest thing. Cause for me, like I put so much pressure on myself. You know this cause you mm -hmm. know me really well. And I think everything's like super serious and it all needs to be like perfect, but if nothing's serious, <laughs> like it does not need to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a good takeaway too. I feel like I've heard that in a lot of your podcast guests. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. and they say it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like they've said it in different ways and come at it in different angles, but that's kind of the basic idea. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's kind of like something I try to teach my students too. I'm like, it's okay oh. if you make mistakes. We yeah. call it like a beautiful oops. Cause you know, there's that book. There's that, like, if you make a mistake, like usually their mistakes are like knocking over a tower or like yeah. building something on the floor or even like Oh. just making a mistake like just a poor choice like hitting someone or something just like that a poor choice. <laughs> like, right right like yeah my classroom we talk a lot about poor choices and good mm. choices but we also talk about like if you make a beautiful oops it's okay you can try again the oh next time oh my gosh Sophia. there's this book so that's called beautiful oops and basically it's like anything that you spill can be made into something beautiful oh. and like you shouldn't be sad when you make mistakes because you can just learn from it it's like the method that's amazing so i feel like that's something you hopefully you're like learn as a kid and then you can just keep learning it throughout yes your life. yeah that's i think that's why just to circle back like why i'm making this it's like that's why i love podcasts so much it's like it helps you just keep learning these things like relearning mm -hmm. just reminding yourself of mm -hmm. things that like you already know but you just need some reminders some gentle yeah reminders yeah yeah. That's such, oh, I love that. I think I'm going to start using that. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you have any like last things you want to tell your listeners since you're the guest? I feel like at the end of every podcast, you're always like, where can people find you? And is there anything else that you want to share? I just want to say that I am very grateful for all of the people that listen to this podcast. Aw. I'm very grateful for you. You've been listening since the very beginning. I am an OG listener. And you listen to all the episodes, <laughs> and it's amazing. And just makes me feel really good to know that people are out there listening. Yeah, I guess I'll say, like, if you like this podcast, the most helpful thing is to just share the podcast. Like, just share mm -hmm. an episode that you really like with someone that you really like, basically. And that's where the growth will happen, you know? Mm -hmm. That's how we'll get, like, a bigger platform for the people I have as my guests. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I've been very, like, confusing on my social media recently because I keep changing my name, but it's just because I've been going through this whole identity crisis <laughs> with, my, okay. with my stage name. You can follow me at... At Sienna Facciolo. So you spell my name S-I-E-N-A 
F-A-C-C-I-O-L-O. That's where you can find me on all of the things. The best place to listen to my music or kind of just like the landing page, I guess, is siennaofficial.com. That's my general landing page website thing. Thank you so much, Sophia. Like, this is very fascinating to be on the other side of the questions. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, Thank and you. you. You were just so good at asking them, and Aww. you made me feel really special so thank you so much well thank you for like maybe the one to like interview you that's special of all your listeners oh my god i was selected i was gonna say i knew you would be really good at it because we used to have so many shenanigans like writing poems and like taking videos of them and like you're just like great (laughs) you're like really creative and like have a lot of energy and i knew you'd be the perfect person and yay thank you i'm excited to hear it i love you so much i love you too So there you have it, my life in a nutshell. That totally didn't cover almost anything, but we got through a bit and it really helped me figure out that being interviewed is actually really hard. (laughs) It's hard to sum everything up in like a two minute blurb. Um, And so it actually was, I think this is, I think this should be a prerequisite for all Uh, facilitators and interviewers to be interviewed at some point by their best friend. I really think that this was a pivotal moment for me in my career as an interviewer, facilitator, podcast host. Thank you all so much for listening for this whole year. Hope you keep coming back for the next year. We are actually gearing up to have a two episode month next month. Yes, it's happening. Huge shout out to Jessica Liu. Without her, I would not be able to put this podcast out at all. She edits every single episode. She does an incredible job. And she is the reason that I'm going to be able to put out two episodes next month. I'm so excited about that. You can find her audio engineering work at jessicasliu.wixsite.com slash mysite. So that's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-S. L-U-O dot slash my site. She's amazing. Go check her out. Don't forget to share the process with someone you love and we will see you next month. The process is presented by Rochester Groovecast. This podcast is edited by Jessica Liu and Sienna Facciolo. Produced by Sienna Facciolo. Our theme music is written and performed by Sienna Facciolo, Chris Palace, and Jordan Rabinowitz featuring Sally Louise on guitar, mixed by Chris Palace, mastered by Jet Galindo. Sending hugs.